labelling the good things around Australia. Our experts analyse the weekend's major meetings. Get set on Radio Tab. Everyone's got their Caulfield Cup memories. Cole Diesel is a horse that uh, jumps into my head. Uh, Greg Mance, own, trained in Queensland, came from out the back for, for Michael Kerr. So we'll talk about some of the better Caulfield Cup winners a bit later, or maybe tomorrow, on Racing HQ Saturday. David Gately be fired up, wouldn't he? Good morning, David. Thanks, Dave. Yes, Caulfield Cup day for another year, and we want to get the quaddy. That's the plan anyway. Um, so we'll need the first league and all the others. The first thing is race seven. Skewiff comes off a win over a really good one in Dragon Leap and a really good one in Legato. The latter's a subsequent winner and obviously came here and won the guineas against the boys here. He's got a bit of class and uh, she might have a class edge on them, but um, she missed that run the other way. Did jump out well recently. Cool Dive was good against the pattern in Sydney. I think it's over the odds and a danger here. On the parasol form, she measures up. Same magic, certainly uh, looks ready to win. I wrote to Arataki. And Waltz on by there in the mix, 29857. Second leg, we lost Altiva and we're left with Times Square on top, who was uh, really good in a trial. Ran well in two autumn runs in strong races. Looks to have come on second Australian prep, wouldn't be the first time. Buffalo River, I can't catch him, but um, he certainly gave a sight last week. It was such a slow finish, though. His win prior was good. Nuntop's going well, cause for concern. Uh, same boat gets back out to 1400. So, such an odd race. Nine, three, ten, seven. Hopefully, it gets us through the Caulfield Cup. And with West Wind Blows on top, did a power of work first half of a fast run Turnbull. Somehow, still ran second. If he backs that up, and that's a query, but look, he has performed off a two week turnaround at home. So, um, not overly concerned. Um, top pick without a fight was excellent first up. 11-17 last turn at amongst the best of the day against, uh, you know, at the end of 1800. Uh, he gets to 2500 dry track. Sulcombe looks so ready to win. Yes, to 2500. Gold trips flying. Valiant King down in the weight. And Montefilia, who was probably the best run in this race last year, although this year I think is a better race. Um, she goes in. Six, two, eight, one, eighteen, and four in the cup. The last, Vivian is airborne. She keeps running time. Horses, she's beating or winning like she dances and co. Set weights penalty suits her. Top pick. Gennady, excellent return off a nice trial. She's done, um, her, her handicap rating says she can't win set weight penalties, but uh, she would have she would have won more races if she was uh, had even luck throughout her career. Willinga Beast and Hypothetical, they're in the quaddy and they hopefully get us home. 5, 11, 8, 6, home. Best. Race 3, number 1, Tropical Squall. Went to the mile flight stakes at a fast speed, kept on running. She's got 31 rating points on her nearest rival, Tropical School does. She's my best for the day at Caulfield. Value race five, number 14, Moesha. Comes to a strong race. Speed home, Zardozzi. Okay, Zardozzi had no luck, but she went to the manifold and won. This girl didn't have much luck either. She's beautifully related. Tough race, but I think at round double figures, she's the value. Best in Sydney, race seven, number 11, Unspoken, who's airborne this prep, gets down in the weights and made him the best on the 10 race card up there. Good luck, punters. Thanks, mate. Thanks, David. I'll repeat David's quadrilla numbers in a moment. His best bets and their prices were tab fixed. Race three won Tropical Squall as $1.95. He touched on the value. Race five, number 14, Moesha. In the 1,000 guineas prelude, Moesha's price is $11. Race 5, 14, and race 3, 1. And unspoken in Sydney is his best bet there. Race 7, number 11. And the current price tab fixed is $2.00. 
and 40 cents. Just those quadrilla numbers. So in the first leg, race seven, it's two, nine, eight, five, and seven. So two, nine, eight, five, and seven. In race eight, the Moonga Stakes, it's nine, three, ten, and seven. So coming up with the nine times square, nine, three, ten, and seven. In the Caulfield Cup, race nine, he's coming up with six west wind blows to beat the two without a fight. Then he's putting in the eight, Sulcum, followed by one gold trip, 18, Valiant King, and number four, uh, which is Modophilia. Six, two, eight, one, eighteen, four. In the last on the program, it's five, eleven, eight, and six. Five, eleven, eight, and six. And Vivian, it's two, sixty. He's on top selection. Yeah, I went back and watched the replay of the Caulfield Cup this morning last year in Modophilia. She ran into a complete dead end uh, early part of the straight and had to change course and get to the outside and she ripped home. And, of course, when she got to the cup, she simply didn't run the trip. But, yeah, she was outstanding, of course, in this race last year and she was sold for a lot of money and now, of course, she's with Chris Waller. Yes, Yulong, who are just buying every good mare in the country, or they have done, uh, over the, that have been retired, um, bought her, of course, uh, f recently for $3.4 million a couple of months ago at the chairman's sale. Initially, when Montefilia went through the sales ring at the Gold Coast Magic Middens, she was 130000 That's not a bad investment, is it? One thirty, win a heap of feature races and sell her for $3.4 million. Michael Maxworthy, good morning. Good morning, Steve. Yeah, uh very, very much intriguing Caulfield Cup coming up tomorrow with the discussion about gold trip and without a fight in the international runners. So what do you like? Very interesting to see what happens. Well, I haven't done the form um, completely on the international horses, but I'm just sort of reverting back to them. My motophilia, I've been a big fan all the time, but I just can't catch her. Um, and, and I'm coming up with um, the Japanese horse. Great to see the Japanese back this year. They cleaned up, didn't they, a couple of years ago. They've won the Caulfield Cup a couple of times. They've got travelling horses nowadays down to a fine art. And I think he's got the right profile, this horse, break up. He's a proper Group 2 horse in Japan. And I think we all agree that that's good enough to win our handicap races here. And although he hasn't won in his past four starts, three of his past four starts have been in Japan's absolute elite races, the R.M. McKinnon, the Tenno Show Spring, uh, the Takarazuka Kinnon, where he finished 12th behind Equinox, beaten about seven lengths. He was three wide without cover. Um, Damien Lane takes the mound, so I'm, I'm happy to back him, Steve, at around about the $8 or $8.50 at the moment on tab. Tell you the one I am looking forward to, Mike, is the horse that's running in Sydney. Um... The Japanese horse that's lobbed there with the funny name. I'll get to it in a moment. But, gee, watching some of its runs, you can only be impressed. And apparently the horse has arrived fit and well, which, yeah. which I'll tell you about in a moment. So let's have a look at the Brisbane program. And the first of your specials is race three, number six, Porta Rosa. Yes, it's a good race. It's for three-year-olds, 1,600 metres. And I found it a bit difficult to separate these two in Cubiotto, trained by Sean Dwyer at the Sunshine Coast and Porta Rosa. Um, I think they're the two. Both of them are coming out of uh, very, very impressive maiden wins at the sunny coast. I'm just going to go with the Philly trained by Annabelle Nisham, Porterosa. Uh, she's had seven starts, and I think she just might be a little bit more professional with the other guy right now, given that she's had a lot of race experience. And her first couple of starts, 
Um, she was in good quality opposition races and she handled herself okay. But once she got the blinkers on last start, she really did pulverise that field. Really powerful late with the blinkers on and it was over this distance, 1,600 metres, so the trip's not a problem. So I'm happy to make her one of the better bets on the card. Ben Thompson taking the mount for Annabelle from Barrier 2. Race 3, Eagle Farm, number 6, Portarossa. That horse I was making reference to, Mike, is O... O... Bam Burham May. Um, or O... Bam Burham May. Yeah, in the Golden Eagle, $8 chance. Wait till you watch some of its runs in Japan. It looks like it's really promising. So three six. Tell me about the one in the next uh, for John O'Shea four ten. Yeah, race number four. Now we've got a couple of Sydney horses coming up here, or, or Sydney and country. Cody Morgan's got an interesting one. Or in the last, have a quick look at its form, Steve. At its last two starts, it's in a um, no met winner Eagle Farm tomorrow. Um, the horse is called Casino Lord. Tell me why it is eight dollars and fifty cents. Um, yeah, the next one we're going to take a look at, Andalus for John O'Shea. Now, um, this fellow has got quite a high rating, 89 points. He's only a Tarapa winner in New Zealand, but he got most of those points because he ran second in the New Zealand derby uh, back on the 4th of March, second behind Sharp and Smart, only beaten a neck. And then he came to John O'Shea at Randwick, and he ran in the derby, the ATC derby. He was beaten 4.7 by Major Beale. Then he came to Queensland and he ran fifth in the derby behind Kovalika. He was well beaten. Kovalika did string them out and he possibly had had enough. But that's really good form for this Class 3 plate over 1,800 metres. He's had a run back at Randwick in a benchmark 88 and he finished 4.3 lengths off Unspoken, who's absolutely flying now, and he carried 60 kilos. Wanted to over-race a little bit. I think that uh, that race will just knock the edge off him and have him perfect for race four at Eagle Farm tomorrow in the Class 3 plate. Andalus, John O'Shea, Ryan Maloney taking them out. 4.10. And you like one in the second last on the card. Yeah. Sweet Margot May at good odds. Yeah, well, um, everybody... Oh, sorry. Be... She's shortened yeah. up to three bucks now. Yeah, everybody be all over her, Steve, because she's a, a first-up genius. She's had four preparations. She's won first up four times, so... Uh, no need to tell you that Robert Heathcote has specifically targeted this race with her. He gave her a trial a little while ago, 26th of September, and she ran second behind Kelly Sweeters, good short course sprinter, Ring of Steel, and she wasn't tested. Uh, I did see her in a recent jump out, and she went nicely. So I, I think this is achievable. Last time she was first up, she ran a record over the 11.10 at Doombin, coming from well off the pace. So she's a beauty fresh. Now, I think she can uh, make it five first-up wins from five attempts. She's in race nine at Eagle Farm, horse number six, Sweet Margot May. Now, I'm going to call on you next Friday. We're doing the show from the Brackenridge Tavern. Mike, you'd know uh, the gentleman that ran that uh, tavern for such yeah. a long time. Michael White, I still think he's involved. Um, yeah, was, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, Wayne Wilson, of course, uh, lived at Brackenridge for such a long time. So that's where we're doing our outside broadcast from the Brackenridge Hotel Friday week. All right, that should be good. You were hoping uh, to get some good guests on that yeah. program. Yep, so we'll we'll have to work on that and have a bit of a chat and try and find some winners. So mm. that'll be Cox Platy, won't it? It will be. What's your best yeah. memory of the Caulfield Cup tomorrow? Anything in particular? Oh, I don't know. I just heard you mention in Cold Diesel. Um, that was amazing, wasn't it? Uh, the burst the grey had at the end. Did he end up? As a clerk of the courses horse? He might have, Mike, yeah. He might have, yeah. But there's been some 
wonderful um, Caulfield Cups over the years. Ethereal. Mile and a half handicap. Yeah, she, she was extraordinary. Um, yeah, I'd have to have a good hard think about that, but there, there's plenty to choose from. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you, Steve. The prices of specials at Eagle Farm, 3-6 Porter Rossa is $4, 4-10 Andalus is two forty, and Sweet Margot May, race nine, number six, is at $3. Yeah, and that horse, how you say it, that Japanese horse in the Golden Eagle, is Obam Burren May. Obam Burren May by Discreet Cat. He's five starts for three wins, but we'll tell you more about him as we get closer to the big one in Sydney. Ray Hickson Racing New South Wales. How are you, Ray? Hi, Steve. Uh, good luck to Darren Flindell getting that horse's name right in, uh, <laughs> in in a tight finish, if that's the case. Obam Barramay or something like that. Was that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's yeah, by right. discreet cat, and he, he was really good at two ago at hand shin, and he just seemed to not run the trip last start, but he ran third. He just got tired late there in a big mile race there at Tokyo. So it appears that the 1500 of the Eagle will be right up his alley. If you can run a good third in a Group 1 in Japan, you're a good horse. So it'll be interesting to see how he settles into that race. Obviously, we're a couple of weeks away from the Golden Eagle, so he's still got a little bit more time. Actually, I heard you talking about the Caulfield Cup memories and that before, and one sort of struck me that I thought I'd mentioned. Um, I think it was the year Dunedin won the Caulfield Cup. I was down there, and I was walking around the uh, the area down near the stewards' room where they have the scales and stuff, and sitting over in the corner was Gay Waterhouse and Bart Cummings, and they were having a chat, and I thought, this is a photo opportunity. So I got in between them and got a photo snapped, and it's one of my favourite photos. A couple of racing legends. Um, yeah, so that was quite a good day. What year would that have been? 2009? Oh, Dan won the Caulfield Cup. I, it was probably oh. around then. Oh, no. Um, uh, that was 2012. 12, yeah, okay. So it's been over 10 years ago. Was just, I show that to people occasionally, just two racing legends and me uh, in the middle. So... Anyway, that was that was a, a pretty pretty special moment, I thought. Oh, absolutely. You get it framed for sure. Was that when they had the, the they were iPhones then, or did you just take it with one of those old, you know, ones you used to buy and then throw in the bin when you're finished with them? Um, I think I had an iPad at the stage. Did you? Okay. Um, from memory. But, yeah, someone took it for me, and, and that was really good. I got my hands on the saddlecloth that Duna Den wore as well. So that was nice. Anyway, we're here to talk about Sydney. And, look, it's not Everest Day anymore, unfortunately. Um but there's still 10 races to be run and won and competitive fields in, in a lot of them. Tell me about this Godolphin runner here in race four, number six, is $2.15. Yeah, look, I thought he was one of the safer bets of the day, Marquess. He's just racing in great form, uh, this preparation. He's a five-year-old, and I wouldn't be surprised if his next run's the five diamonds over 1,800, but I think he fits into this race at 2,000 metres really well. He stormed past Pierossa, uh, at his last start at Rose Hill just under a month ago, and Pierossa then came out and beat a lot of the rivals uh, in this race um, at its next start. So I just feel like Marquess is still not badly weighted on 58 uh, compared to Pierossa, and he's just got that bit of turn of foot that some of these sort of 2,000-metre horses don't have, and I think this is a great race for him to continue on his winning way, race four, number six. Four, six. Then we skip over to race six, number one. Yeah, interesting horse, dashing legend now with Joe Pride, obviously the Everest winning trainer. And I liked uh, what she did in her latest trial. She was sharp and just jumped out of the gates really well, flowed along in front and was far too good. You look back through her form, her last win was a listed race 
at Randwick beating Cote in economics. And she then went into the Derby Munro, started 6.50 against Opal Ridge. She then struck a few heavy tracks, running fifth to Magic Time and Paracel in a Group 3, fourth to Aft Cabot in the Arrowfield, and then obviously another heavy track at the last start she didn't like. Um, Joe Pride's got her now. She's got 61 and a half, but that soft gate uh, in a race where a little bit of speed has come out of it with the scratching of Duel, I, I think she'll give you a good sight. And be, you know, I'd like to see a little bit of support for her just to back, to back up what I've seen at the trial. So race six, number one. Six, one, dashing legend, 460. And race nine, number 10. Yeah, another one for Joe Pride, King of the Castle. I really like this horse's chances in the big dance wild card and also encouraged by a little bit of support for him early. He he ran eighth first up at Rose Hill over 1,300 metres a couple of weeks ago. It was a benchmark 78 and he had 63 kilos. And look, he was out the back and made a little bit of ground late, but that wasn't his go. He's up to a mile, right down in weight, barrier one. I think he should have won the Coffs Harbour Cup two starts ago at the mile. And his form in benchmark 88s prior to that uh, were quite good. So I think that all that stacks up pretty well. He's a horse that doesn't always have the best of luck. But from barrier one, hopefully he can position up in the first four or five and, and get a gap. But I think he's a, a very good price. and He could certainly back him each way at the moment. Right, so that's race nine, number 10 at $7. So just reiterate your three. The first one's in the fourth. Race four, number six, Mark West. Then we'll go to race six, number one, Dashing Legend. And race nine, number 10, King of the Castle. Thanks, Ray. I'll chat to you in the morning. Yep, we got the quaddy last week, Steve, so we'll press us on us this week. Oh, that's right. I wrote actually down uh, to tell everybody about that. So well done. What, what did it pay in your state? New South Wales, it paid about 3400 which was excellent. Um, and I got a little... I got... I usually always try and take my quaddies for at least 25%. Um... Plus, I got the uh, multiplier on it as well, which is a 1.25. So that was handy uh, to bring home Everest Day, I can tell you. Excellent. Well done, Ray. Oh, good. Hopefully, a few people out and there took it, and hopefully, we can do it again. Send me a copy of that photo. I'll post it on social media. <laughs> I might keep it for the time being. Thanks, Steve. Oh, okay. I want to see it now you've mentioned. Thanks, uh, Ray Hickson, joining us there from Racing New South Wales. Uh, I know I've talked about incentivise a lot, but... It, it's amazing when you look at his form, isn't it? Like incentivised and Toowoomba for Steve Tregay, and then he went to Peter Moody, as we know. But he only had 13 starts, 13 for nine wins. And you know what? He won a maiden on the 11th of April, 2021, at the Sunshine Coast, defeating a horse called Rations, trained by Barry Baldwin. And then he just kept winning. And then later on, that same, or the next preparation, he comes out, wins the Maccabi Diva first up. That was the first run for Peter. Then he won the Turnbull. Then he won the Caulfield Cup with a leg in the air. And then, of course, second to very elegant uh, in the 2021 Melbourne Cup when he had barrier 15 and 57. But just remarkable, isn't it? That There he was winning a maiden April at the Sunshine Coast and fast forward winning a Caulfield Cup with a leg in the air. About six runs later, the remarkable horse incentivised. Ben Scadden, good morning to you. Yeah, Steve, remarkable story, isn't it? Incentivise, mm. love those stories. Horses that come from, you know, relative obscurity and end up being, like, he was the hottest horse in Australia, wasn't he, at one stage? I oh, absolutely. His lung capacity was just yeah. extraordinary. And if he didn't break down and remain sound, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what level he could have got to and how many races he would have won. Your favourite, one of them would be Southern Speed, I would think. Yeah, she was a really good mare, wasn't she, for uh, for Leon McDonald? And um, 
you know, certainly one of Leon's greatest feats. I mean, he's had, he had quite a lot during his, his career, but, um, yeah, she was certainly very close to the top of them. This is an omen, then. You'll come out with Leon in the first, or <laughs> yeah. a horse that Leon had a bit to do with at once upon a time before he retired. Anyway, lights are broadway. Yeah, that's right. Maybe not a not a Caulfield Cup winner, but um, yeah, I think she's a she's a promising mare. She's progressive. She's by Rebel Raider, another horse who gave Leon one of his his greatest training achievements, and I think she's pretty progressive. This mare, she's only had the fifteen starts, and she just seems to be getting better and better. The Rebel Raiders can tend to do that. Um, she was really dominant last time at Gawler. Um, you know, admittedly a, a softer race than this, but um, gee, she won it won it really well. Um, you know, she's a short price favourite and won like a short price favourite. She won by three and a half lengths. Looked like she could have won by about six. Um, yeah, two thousand metres. I think will certainly suit her the way that she's um, she's profiling at the moment. Jason Holder on board. Yeah, I think she'll she'll win this and wouldn't be surprised if she steps up to a you know she can find a twenty four hundred metre race or something like that. She'll be winning that too. That is one five two dollars fifty lights of Broadway. Now one of Neville Morgan's here in race five, number four in the blue and white. Yes, yeah, nice race this race, uh, race five. But um, Karakazoo, I, I was really taken by his first up run. I thought he was excellent behind Taunting, been a length and a half. They got home in pretty much thirty three flat for the last six hundred. He made ground. Karakazoo thought he's really good. He's generally better second up as well. So um, he's. Five times second up for two wins in a second placing. Um, this track and distance suits him perfectly. He's four starts for three wins in a third. Yeah, I think he ticks all the boxes. Um, you know, there are a couple in here with certainly above average ability, but he's always been a nice horse, Karakazoo, and I think this um, this looks looks like a really good opportunity for him. That is race five, four, three twenty, and what's the one in the second last? Yeah, Foxy Femme. Um, fair to say she. You know, she doesn't win out of turn. She's had the seven starts and only won the one of them. She's had five placings, so she's super consistent. Um, hasn't had much luck in anything she's been in this campaign, but I was really taken by it. I reckon her last run when she ran third at Murray Bridge behind Aztec Dancer was potentially the best run of this campaign. She was back and made really good ground in, a, in very quick um, closing splits. She was at the line. She was better than anything. Um, I think she's absolutely cherry ripe and ready to roll. Foxy Femme, trade by Peter and Belinda Blanche, do a really good job with their team. Um, Dom Tanura on board, he knows this mare very well. He's ridden her in pretty much all their, all their starts, but he's ridden her every time this campaign. And this is a nice even race, um, but yeah, I think Foxy Femme, based on what we saw last time, if she can just run up to that kind of level again, uh, then I think she'll be super competitive. Very genuine mare, $6 and $2.10, Foxy Femme. So your three, Ben, a race one, five, lights of Broadway, Karakazoo, five, four, and race nine, four, Foxy Femme. When you are working for the advertiser for all those years, did you cover harness racing as well? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's yeah, where I started off, actually. That's where I'm getting at with the SA was... Cups. You would have seen some beauties. Of course, we've got the heats tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, look, it's fair to say it's changed a fair bit, but it, it used to, there used to be like a really genuine grand circuit where most of the good horses just travelled from state to state. Um, Brian Hancock brought across a lot of, you know, great horses in his time. I remember Thorate winning the uh, the race here, Blacks are fake, our Sir Vance a lot. Um, yeah, there have been just, you know, a bundle of, you know, absolutely outstanding horses I remember Pure Steel came across for the SA Cup um, one one stage early on in his career that I was you know I was about seven years old when that happened so I wasn't working at the advertiser but um yeah I would say yeah it really was a collection of the very best horses in Australia um 
Harness racing has changed since then, and that doesn't happen quite as much, but um, still it's going to be really competitive, these, these races. I think the heats of the cup, um, and some trainers have sent some horses across. Emma Stewart in particular sent some across. She plays a very strong hand, I would expect. Yeah. It's going to be very hard to beat. Just incredible, her stable, isn't it? Uh, as I said to Chris oh, Barsby many times, you wouldn't want to be a slow horse there. You, you get a complex and you wouldn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, lovely to talk to you. Good on you, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, we think of Gamma Light too, don't we? Four in a row and smoking up. That call of Jim's, which I actually put in the system, I wanted to play it again. I always make an excuse to play it because it dead set makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Um, so I'll give it a run in a minute. Um, when he and Caribbean Blaster, they were the two favourites and smoking up. He didn't win four in a row, but he won four different years, not consecutively. But Jim's call just made the race as well. It was just amazing. Now, the war horse um, smoking up. Of course, a heap of harness racing news not too far away with Chris Barsby. But just wrapping up the specials from our Get Set team, David Gately at Caulfield was 3-1 Tropical Squall and his value was 5-14 Moesha. So 3-1 and 5-14. At Rambic, he liked Unspoken, race 7, number 1. Michael Maxwell at Eagle Farm, 3-6 Porta Rosa. Race 4, number 10, Andalus, and 9-6, Sweet Margot May. 3-6, race 4, 10-9-6. At Rambwick, Ray Hickson, 4-6, Marquess. 6-1, Dashing Legend, 9-10, King of the Castle. So 4-6, 6-1, 10 And Ben wrapping up was 1-5, Lights of Broadway in Adelaide. So race 1-5 at Morfittville, 5-4, Caracazoo, and race 9, number 4, Foxy Femme.